0: Welcome back to the podcast. It is my weekly check-in with you. I promised at the beginning of 2023 that I would do my best to come on every week and do a weigh-in episode podcast because I have fully committed in January of 2023 to really figure out how I'm going to lose the next 10 pounds, and I wanted to, as I've done since July of 2020 when I started my journey again for Weight Watchers and lost the 40 pounds, I want to document every single step of the way because if my journey helps you, it helps you feel not helps you feel not so alone, or it helps you it helps normalize that sometimes a weight loss journey can take a long time. I hope that it helps normalize the mindset struggles that I have and just all of that um, by me really vulnerably and honestly sharing with you what is going on. Um, that is what we're doing here. So (laughs) I was at 0.8 pounds this week. And before I sat, uh, sat to do this podcast, I went back in the time machine. Since the beginning of my journey, I have recorded my weight in the happy scale app. And then of course, most recently I haven't been using the happy scale app. I've just been using the weight watchers app to record my weight so I went back to look at my entire journey because that is what I'm doing here. I've realized that my body really loves the weight that it's at right now. It is happy. It is comfortable. It does not want to budge. It would be fine going up, but it certainly has put the brakes on going down. So I have really had to dig deep into investigation, um, This year is going to really be about looking at my choices, looking at what I did in the past to get me here, and figuring out the key ingredients to what helps me drop the weight, what helps me maintain my weight and protect my progress, and what works and what doesn't. So let's take a trip down memory lane back in July of 2020. When I started Weight Watchers for the umpteenth time, but this time it's sticking, very grateful for that. In July of 2020, I was at 230, I tracked it as 232, but honestly, in about the month prior, it had shot up to like 235, 233, 232, back up to 235, so I was kind of hovering in that zone. In December of 2020, I believe that is six months. In six months on my journey, I hit Wonderland at 199. Remember, I always put this caveat in. I am 5'10", 11. 5'10"-ish, 11-ish. Um, I'm tall. So the weight is very much distributed across my tall frame. So these numbers might seem big to you. But for me, I'm more on the higher end of the number spectrum because of my height. So I got into Wonderland in December of 2020. That is pretty cool. I mean, you can tell I was dedicated and the weight was just flying. Well, I'm not going to say flying because I had to work really hard at it. But I was seeing per week a one to two pounds, sometimes three pound drop. Um, and it was, you know, I... I have said in that window of that six months, I was not typically doing any sort of portion control. I was on the purple plan. So I was eating potatoes and whole grain pasta and not measuring that out. And the weight was just falling off. So that was my zone in the purple plan. Then in, so in March of 2021, I hit 190. So it took me six months to get to Wonderland. And then it took me three months to drop an additional nine pounds. And that was March of 2021. So what is that? Almost like two years, is that two years ago? I don't do math. Okay. So then in May of 2022, I went back up to 201 pounds. So there was something going on in that time frame um, that I went back up uh, over Wonderland, which was a real, freaked me out. It was a frightful day because I did not want this to happen again. I didn't want to mindlessly start seeing the scale inch up and soon I would have gained all the weight back. So I locked in. I was like, enough is enough. I got to do this. You know, honestly, that was around the time of, that was a really stressful time in my life. <laughs> um, so much happened in these three-ish years, uh, COVID, pandemics, wedding, um, the first house we were going to live in after we got married fell through. It was very, I want to use the word horrifying. It was very traumatic, very horrible. Um, a nightmare, honestly. And then we had to shift our plans. We had already started the process of remodeling that home, pouring our hopes and dreams into remodeling that property. And it was pulled out from under us. We had to shift with our dreams crushed to a new place to, to, to redo that needed another, a remodeling because it was pretty much in a state of shambles. And that about pushed me over the edge. So it's no wonder. I mean, I'm grateful that it didn't go up more than it did. And at 201, I was able to rein this back in. And then in February of 2023, which is just last month, I got back down. I got back down to 190. So that is my journey there. And I'm sick and tired and nervous. No, I'm just sick and tired. Well, I'm a little bit nervous too. Actually, I'm a lot a bit nervous. I am just like, I can taste it in my mouth how ready I am to be at 182 and stay there for a while, like have that be the next zone. I don't care if I'm there for another year. I will stay happy and settled at 182 and really get my body used to it, but I just got to get there. And it seems bananas to me that at points I've been six pounds away from 182, seven pounds away from 182. At one point I was five pounds away from 182 and it was just like, I couldn't quite grasp it. Like trying to catch, swat a fly. It was just like there and I just couldn't quite get it. So then on the scale this week, I'm up 0.8. (laughs) I'm like, And I know that there's several factors that play into that game. I enjoyed myself for two nights this week. I went out. You know, during the pandemic, I was very locked down for several reasons. I was locked down because my mom is 76. She is my main relative in my life as much as the two of us have had a tumultuous relationship in the sense of being survivors of trauma with my dad as an alcoholic and the journey that I'm going on with CPTSD, um, my mom and I have a lot of pain and a lot lot to work through. And there's also a lot of love and codependency there, which I've shared this whole time. It always takes me back to this one comment. And now that I'm in my uh, trauma therapy, Somebody had left a comment on my podcast, which, a review, which by the way, if you are inclined, I would love you to leave me a review on my podcast. It would mean a lot to me on Apple. They left me a review saying, oh, something to the effect of like your life would be better. You're really, um, you're really, I don't know how they said it good. I blocked it out of my mind, but it was something to do with my relationship with my mom and like how dysfunctional they felt it was just, I guess, by listening to the podcast, unless it was one of my haters from the past. (laughs) Can't imagine they would be listening to my podcast, but you'd be surprised. I am actually quite shocked on my my I have two Instagram accounts one is for it's basically become my weight loss journey, and then one is for my exploration um it's just like an adventure food wine type of instagram and it just boggles my mind that many of my ex's people in his life who I don't know how they feel about me but it's not like I don't know I I don't think I, I don't think they have like bad thoughts about me, but I don't think I'm their favorite person obviously when you go through a divorce um, it's not like I'm gonna talk to them, but I'm no longer in their life and boy, it's very interesting they're the first people when I post a story on Instagram am I, Am I a little too fired up in this podcast? Do I need to take it down a notch? <laughs> it's just me. You get what you get. You never know what you're going to get when you turn on this podcast. That's for sure. They're the first ones out of the gate, man, to watch my stories. And it is like consistent. Every time I post a story, they pop up. And it's just like, okay, you're just, just snooping around. You're snooping around. Um and I did have I did have a little bit of fun. Um there's a Mariah Carey song. Mariah Carey is one of my favorites. And I'm an Aries. I'm a little sass and a little frass. I'm a little sass of frass. Um and so in one of my stories I posted the music to it that was like why are you so obsessed with me? Um, one of my favorite lines of all time is in that song. It's, it's the, the words in that song, the lyrics are gold. And one of the things she says is like, you're so transparent, like you're bathing in Windex, but she says it and it rhymes. And what I just said did not rhyme, but, um, yeah, it's just like, how did I get on this topic? Oh, the comment on the podcast. And I, Want you can't respond to people's comments on podcasts or reviews, but I wanted to say to them: um, unless you've grown up in a severely uh, trauma-traumatic home environment over the span of your entire life with a raging, emotionally abusive, verbally abusive alcoholic, and you develop a trauma bond with one of your parents who kept you in that home. While this trauma was happening, and it's very confusing, and you feel like you don't even sometimes know your identity and who you are, yeah, the relationship is gonna be very complex, um, and there's still gonna be a lot of love there, but it's gonna be a very interesting dynamic of a relationship. So there you go. Um, gosh, how did I get on that this topic and this little tangent? this little bird walk into the jungle of my past. Um, (laughs) okay. So, uh, how do I transition out of this? Um, I gained the 0.8 pounds and so there is no time in my journey. I have learned for me to throw my hands up throw my hands up in the air in denial and just go through the motions of this weight loss journey in this All Systems Go 2023, breaking the barrier of getting out of this weight stuckness, I am having to set up cameras in my world, not really, but set up just surveillance and look at all different angles of what I've done in the past and where I'm at now. So here is what I concluded in my investigative reporting of myself. I, and I've shared a lot of this with you, so this will be a refresher, but I just need to keep putting it out and saying it for it to stick. Um, I typically go over my points on the daily by 10 points. So I get 23 points a day, and I am typically sitting at 33 points at the end of the day or 35 points, dipping consistently into my weeklies. I have shared with you that this behavior needs to change. Instead of going over 10 or 12 or 13 or 15, I would like to, if I'm at 23 per day, the highest I would like to go to start with is just 27. One thing that I've learned is that I used to say, oh, I'm going to 30 or 35 points. I need to get to 23 every day. And then it would be an impossible feat for me to accomplish because there was no bridge. It was just like a drop. So I am trying to tell myself, okay, just try to consistently, on a weekly basis, just get to 27 points a day. And then once you kind of have that dialed in, then go to 26. And I'm hoping that I can get to a 25 point consistent, a 25-point consistent day. So that's the first thing. Um, and what goes along with that is honest tracking. In my 40-pound loss, I was consistently tracking, but there was a lot of flubbing and fudging and maybe not being totally honest and totally consistent. And you can have a little bit of that leeway when at least I felt like I could at the beginning of my journey. And my body was in such, um, I I was approaching my body so differently in what I was eating that the weight still came off. But as I fine tune this, as I get closer to my, closer to my goal, it's not as forgiving. So honest tracking is essential. My inner rebeller who has been with me my whole journey and has been something I've had to contend with my entire time. Very vocal, very stomping of the feet, very controlling, and very dis- in a very disconcerting state when I try to stay in boundaries, try to measure things out, try to track. Um, my inner rebeller loves little white lies when it comes to me and my honesty towards food. Um, so fine-tuning that. Um, activity. When I looked at this before the podcast and I honestly reflected, I was like, wow, that's right. I was doing those step bets. I was doing those virtual walkathons. thons There were days that I was getting six miles a day of walking. So that's a big deal. That's a lot of calories burned. Um, that's a lot of muscle being built. And in the last year and a half since I've been stuck, I have been doing two miles a day. I've been consistent with it, but I have been really sticking to like two miles a day and not even, I haven't even been that consistent with trying to get 10,000 steps a day. So this is tricky for me because I work from home. Um, I do have a standing desk that I really need to assemble and put together. It's just sitting here staring at me and I need to take it out of the box and make it happen. But um, I just feel like I can barely squeeze in that two miles. And what I really need to do is do two miles, take a break, do work, get stuff done, then go back out for two more miles, or at least an extra mile. In the last three or four days, I have been getting three miles of walking in, and it's been feeling really good. I just think I need more steps. Bottom line, I think that would help my metabolism, my calorie burn, my muscles. Uh, It's just... I don't think I need to go to six miles, but maybe, you know, in the spring and summer when it warms up on the weekends, I could maybe squeeze in two miles walking around the neighborhood and then like three mile hike or something to get out in nature. I don't know. You know me, I'm always trying to consider what is sustainable because I certainly don't want to put myself in a pickle situation where I have overextended myself and pushed myself to do a ton of exercise And then life on life's terms happen, and I can't keep that up. And then that really takes a hit to my weight loss journey. Um, Snacking, I mean, you know this. I talk about this all the time. For me, I am a snacker. I have gotten used to just, in my life, constantly turning to food and snacking. So I'm really trying to dial this in. And in fact, this week, I went to the grocery store. And I chose not to buy chocolate. I chose not to buy whipped cream. I went to Target and I chose not to buy the chocolate hummus. It's not that I can't have these things and I'm trying to super deprive myself. But in this this target zone where I'm trying to just filter things out to figure out how to lose this weight, this 10 pounds, Sometimes it's like they say when you're too busy, take things off your plate. Like, I'm literally needing to take things off my plate so that I can just see what the heck is going on here. Um, so yeah, snacking and leaning into zero more zero point snack options is something I'm still working on. It requires a lot more meal prep for me. Thank goodness for my super low point turkey deli sandwiches with bell peppers that I've been making. They're so good and filling. Um, and then sleep and stress. Now, this is one that I really turn a blind eye to and I really don't like to look at it. There's a lot of areas, and especially in the last several months, a lot of areas of my life where I feel very inadequate and I am working on building my self-esteem and self-confidence when a person when I feel inadequate and my self-esteem takes a hit whether it's in my career my love life my relationships with friendships my whatever it is when there's unsettledness in that area um I tend to distract myself, thankfully not as much with food. That was always my first default. But my second default is distracting myself into, I'm going to call it busy work, but I know that it's not. Like I know in this busyness that I do, I actually get a lot accomplished and I'm learning a lot and I'm researching and exploring, but I keep myself busy constantly, constantly and I rarely take time to rest and I rarely take time to make sure that I'm getting to bed at a decent hour and really putting sleep as a focus. This is an area that I don't want to deal with. I want to just go and do and it's like I feel like I'm treading water because by society's standards, I really just stink and want to be successful. And it's so frustrating to me it's the perfectionist, it's the student that I was that was always trying to get straight A's. Like, if I just try this, if I just do this, if I just tweak that, if I just, you know, research more on CPTSD, if I read this self-help book, if I listen to this podcast, I mean, even as I'm talking, as I'm talking, I'm probably stressing you out, but hopefully you can relate. It's just like this never-ending drive to fix myself, If I fix myself, then I can rest, and all the chips will, the puzzle pieces or the chips will fall into place. And I know the reality is that that is not true. That as a human being in this universe, I am whole. Um, Thankfully, in my CPTSD therapy, one of the things that happens to children that are in a traumatic home environment a dysfunctional home environment, is they don't develop their own self-worth, and they're constantly seeking outside of themselves for validation and to fill the empty void that's within their soul. And I read that, and I'm like, yep, (laughs) that's me. So this busyness, this stress, this overworking, this trying to stay afloat impacts my sleep, impacts my nervous system. I know it impacts my hormones. And um, I have, over the last three years, developed incredible tools. It's gotten so much better, so I'm not going to discount myself. I've made huge progress in my 12-step recovery, the therapy I'm doing, and just, you know, really setting a value in my life to be intentional with who I have in my life, where I spend my time, what I focus on, but I still have a long ways to go. So I know that sleep and monitoring and lowering my stress could really show up on the scale. But it just freaks me, it freaks me a little bit out because I've really taken away food being a crutch. And now I'm looking at taking away my busyness as a crutch. That's exciting and it's also terrifying But it's exciting because I know it's just going to grow me as a person so much deeper. And to be able to tackle that will be such an accomplishment. So I'm all on board. But um, man, I don't really want to look at that. Um, My age, you know, I turned 40. I'm going to be turning 41 here in April. I'm struggling with being in my 40s. I really am. Um, It's been pretty brutal. I felt like I had a lot of cushion time in my 30s. I felt like I had, I was in this kind of still the sweet spot. And there's just something about being in my 40s now that kind of gives me the night terrors of like, get my act together. And through therapy, I'm really working on that, that there is a lot of life that is robbed from a person who grows up in a traumatic or just in general has trauma in their life from childhood to young adulthood. Um, And there's a grief period that the person has to go through to really accept that and understand that their life might not be on the timeline as other people and um, what that can look like and how to make peace with that. But I know with age also comes changes in a woman's body and hormones and metabolism. And I just, I do count my blessings. I do say this a lot to myself and to other people um, that I started this journey, at least I did that. I started it when I did and I really locked it in. And I feel very rooted and grounded in my 40, 44 pound loss. I mean, I feel like the changes that I've made in my life are so profound and deeply ingrained, ingrained in me now that there's no going back. Um, and so I know that I've set myself up for success as with each passing year, you know, I'm getting a little bit older each season, each year. And then portion control, which I think I already mentioned, but just... Didn't do a lot of portion control when I was losing the 40 pounds and my body was just ready to let it go. But boy, as I am in this excruciating holding pattern, I know that um, I need to really get a master's degree with myself in portion size and really get that figured out. So this was a good practice for me. Um, This journey is is really about just brutal honesty. And that does make me think of a audio that I just recorded, which I called, like we sage our houses to clear out the negative energy and the vibes, or we sage ourselves. How do we sage the sage the inside of our internal world to clear out some of these destructive lies, negativity, to make room for real solid transformations in a weight loss journey. That audio, you know who you are if you're listening to this. Um, A wonderful uh, virtual friend who has been with me since, I want to say, the start of my podcast um, commented, she's in my secret audio content hub which is additional audios that I record outside of this podcast that are very specific. Um, She called that episode that I recorded about the smoking out the lies like a TED talk. That was such a compliment. I really try to make, you know, these podcasts are where I ramble. I get fired up. I go on birdwalk tangents. We're all over the place. We're just chit-chatting among friends. In my secret audio content hub, I take a specific topic or a philosophical thought I've had about weight loss or a visual that I think is transformational that you can have in your mind and I put it into words because I need symbolism. I need visuals. I need metaphors. I need any of those sorts of things to cling to on this journey. So over there in that secret hub That is where I am recording weekly Monday motivation, which after this podcast, I have my topic for that. Short little audios that you can listen to on breaks with work, when you're quickly on a walk, um, when you're driving and running a quick errand, I try to keep them shorter than these long podcasts, and they're just like very specific, and they're the type of audios that I hope that... People can listen to over and over again to just sink in the juicy um, tips and support. So, you know, being honest with myself at every stage of the journey and and getting clear and not allowing myself to bulldoze into denial. Um, and so coming up with this list that I just share with you, shared with you is an eye-opener for me. And you might be going, yeah, more activity. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course you're going to not lose weight. You're going over your points by 10. Okay, I know. But the thing is, is we're trying to just survive. There's a lot of stress in life. There's a lot of old patterns that don't want to be parted with. Ways of thinking, ways we've observed our parents, ways, I mean, there's a lot playing into the mindlessness that goes into some of my decisions. And even when I shine a spotlight on it, it's hard, it's hard to make it happen with consistency and to turn it into a habit. That's the hard piece. It's hard to get out of denial and identify this list. And then it's triply hard to take this list and turn it into consistent habits that become part of my weight loss language. So um, even just speaking it into the podcast, I feel wishy-washy about the sleep and the stress. Can I really give this up? Um, That's going to be hard. I feel wishy-washy about the knowing the two mile walks aren't cutting it. Um, and do I have the bandwidth to do more? I mean, these are decisions, these are changes that I have I have to ask myself, what are your priorities, Sheila? You say your priority is weight loss and wellness, but are you really doing it? Are you really doing it? And that's ooh, that I don't like being in the hot seat with that because the answer is no. Answer is no. Thank goodness I've had at least one hand on the steering wheel of this journey with some awareness, with some, you know, focus because I haven't gone again past my wonderland up to 200 again. But, um, I'm just ready to lose again. So this past week, uh, I think the reason why the scale went up 0.8 is, um, I enjoyed myself. We finally had some sunny weather here. We have just been getting torrential rain. It has just been rain all the time, every single day. I've never seen so much rain in my life as a Californian. Um, And it's impacting my walks. I don't have like a treadmill or a Peloton or anything like that at home, Um, I have to be careful even doing like exercise workout videos because with my back, um, it can tweak it. And I've, you know, threw my back out the last couple weeks. So getting out and walking outside really helps heal my back and is just a low intensity exercise that helps my mindset. So when I don't have that, it's tricky. Um, So when the sun finally came for two days, We had two days of sunshine. Um, I went out one night to a spot and I was proud of myself. I was with a friend and we decided to split a burger and some fries and a salad. And I took one bite of the burger and I didn't like it. And I just said, I don't want this. You can have the whole thing. Love the salad, and then I ate way too many french fries, <laughs> but non-scale victory, I did you know stop at not loving the burger and being mindful of that. Um, and then I was also proud of myself that same night was just living it up. I met up with another friend later on in the evening, and we went to our favorite rooftop bar, and I ordered some zero point options. They did have some points. But the oysters, which are zero points, and then I got an ahi tuna type um, dish. So that was somewhat low points. But of course, that night, I did have two glasses of wine. Then the next night, it was St. Patrick's Day, went out with a fabulous friend. You know who you are. (laughs) I always say that. And then when I see her in person, she's like, I heard you'd mention me on the podcast. She's my Weight Watchers buddy, who I just adore. Um, And she is very patient with me. Um, I had brought up earlier in the podcast, my struggles with COVID. Um, Because of my mom's age, I really freaked out during COVID. Um, I think I went into a flashback trauma response um, when my dad was dying of cirrhosis of the liver and that weird grief process of losing a parent. Um, and I'm an only child, so uh, as much as I said my relationship with my mom is sometimes a roller coaster, she is, she is my parent, um, and we are close, and we, we spend a lot of time together and we support each other, and during COVID, I got very scared of her health, um, and she didn't respond great to the vaccines. Uh, they made her very sick. Uh, so she, at this point has decided not to get the, I think it's called the bivalent booster, which I think I have heard that. And if you're in the medical field, you feel free to send me a message. I won't even say anything about it. Um, other than the fact that she's just decided to put it off for now because she's had such nothing bad type reactions from the vaccine. I don't want to say that at all. She's just, um, when she gets them, she gets, it puts her in bed for at least two or three or four days to kind of recover from getting the vaccine. And then she's totally fine, but it's rough. She's a go-getter type of woman. And to be kind of out of commission, um, it's just really, it's been hard on her body. So that freaked me out. And then, um, in 2018, I'm, I've always had bronchitis issues ever since I was a kid. I had ear infections constantly, sinus infections, and then it would like always turn into bronchitis. Um, so I've always known that. I grew up my entire life in a home with a smoker. My dad smoked cigars on a weekly, sometimes nightly basis And in the winter, if you can imagine this, all the windows were shut, all the doors were shut, and he was just smoking his cigars in our tiny little one story house. And I remember as a kid, I would go to the bathroom to get towels because I couldn't stand the smell. And I would go in my room and like put towels down where the cracks in the door so that the cigar smoke wouldn't get in my room. Like I just knew as a child, like it was bad and I didn't want to breathe it. So I wonder sometimes, I wonder if all of my youth and my young adulthood smelling cigar smoke also impacted my lungs. Um, and then in 2018, I came down with actually my mom and I were just talking about this recently. I was working with kids at the time and were wondering if I had RSV or um, we were also working in the garage and there was a lot of dust and for three or four months I was in and out of the doctors in and out of x-rays. I had like, something was wrong, <laughs> um, with, with yeah, my breathing respiratory system. And it was really scary and it was really, really bad. And that was like right before the, right before the pandemic. So I went from that and then COVID and I was like, I don't want to be out for four months again with something like this. So um, when you get freaked out, you can go into fight, flight, or freeze. And I went into flight. I wanted to just like escape from the world, and then I went into freeze. Um and so it has been very challenging for me. This podcast is about me being honest and open and vulnerable. If you don't relate, I get it. Take what you like and leave the rest. This is for people out there that do relate and I want to speak it into the universe so that you don't feel alone. I have struggled immensely getting back into the world and just like not functioning because I've totally been functioning, um, but just like being at the level that I feel other people are at, you know, I'm still going to the grocery store and wearing a mask just because my mental health can be delicate. And I just need that to feel a little bit safer. Um, but this last party time that I had this past week, I mentioned it cause my friend is very patient. We went out, we went to an outdoor concert. It was fabulous. Um, but there were a lot of people out, so she had to be patient with me about being indoors. And I just, this is, okay, what I'm about, I'm not even going to say, I was going to say what I'm about to say is going to require earmuffs. Another one of my friends has a very hilarious, that makes me roll with laughter, way to describe breathing the air in small indoor spaces where the air feels dank, <laughs> she has like a way to describe it. Um, that just cracks me up, but I can't say it because it's very crass. So I will not say that. But um, yeah, the second place that we went on St. Patrick's Day was um, a dancing spot and they had like all the windows open. It was like a huge space and I just, and fans going and I was proud of myself that I did it, that I ventured into the indoor space without my mask it's just baby steps in some ways, baby steps. And I I know that I'm spoiled in California because besides this rain, there's a lot that we can do outdoors. And that's essentially all I did last summer. Um, and I'm fine living my life, going places, you know, wearing masks. And there's been more times that I've gone and done things without a mask. Um, but sometimes I still get a little freaked out. um, I don't want to bring anything into my interactions with my mom. Um, We're just, both of us are just being still a little bit cautious. And I am um, going to, I've already let my therapist know that this is something that I will want to work on to kind of help me even more transition to feel just more safe and grounded and even more so out in the world and doing all the things. Woo, that was difficult for me to get off my chest because obviously I don't wanna be judged. I don't want anyone to think I'm judging them who's listening. We can have different views and I think that's a beauty of where we have to be in life right now is just holding space for everyone and how they're trying to navigate the wildness of the world that we're living in with mental health and on top of that trying to do a weight loss journey so when we went out for saint patrick's day i was proud of myself i ate almost i think it was a six point dinner had eaten super low point throughout the day and then went out and had two light beers that i tracked as eight points We did have the option of getting some meat pies, like pastry meat pies, but we both decided not to. It's so fun to be out with a friend that's also on Weight Watchers because you can literally just talk about this stuff and know that you're not going to be judged and like feed off of their boundaries. If they're like, no, I'm not going to get one. It's like, yeah, I don't need one either. I don't know. It's just very comforting and very motivating Um, so find yourself someone that you can talk about this program with and an accountability buddy. Um, so it was really fun to get out. Lots of people are out. The days are getting longer. This is the time I love the holiday season, but I really come alive when it's like a little bit warmer, longer days, um, get a little bit of a tan, more vitamin D, it really does wonders for my weight loss journey. So I'm excited. I mean, it could mean in the next, let's see, six months, I could get to that 10 pound loss because I'm hitting that zone stage of the year where I feel like it's a lot more doable. I want to eat a lot more salads. I want to eat a lot of fresh fruit. Um, I don't want to be in the kitchen as much steaming up and heating up. I want to eat just like Super cold and light, and uh, so it's a perfect time of year. Um, what else can I tell you? I made corned beef in the instant pot today, it turned out great, very juicy, and I will do it again. So, that was my little cooking school that I did this week, was trying that out, and it just makes me so happy that um, I'm learning recipes and I'm already looking forward to next year to repeating it and trying it out again. Um, One last plug before I get into some other like very juicy topics in this podcast. Uh, Consider getting into my Patreon. I will put a link down below. Like I told you, I did that TED Talk worthy, love that compliment, the lies we tell ourselves and smoking them out episode. Monday Motivations, every Monday get dropped as best that I can. Last week, it was about tension and how tension impacts our weight loss journey and some motivation to carry and wisdom to carry through the week about that. I also sometimes do a juicy chit chat on a topic totally unrelated to weight loss. Um, So it was my thoughts on my recent astrology revelations, I've always just been focused on my sun sign. And as I try to unearth and uncover my deeper um, identity, I went on an astrology expedition and learned about my moon sign and my rising sign and my north node and my south node. And so in the podcast, in that episode, I don't go into, I try not to bore you with my specific stuff. I give you more of a bird's eye view of how what I learned with astrology is impacting me on like a day-to-day basis. So if you're interested, we'd love to have you in the Patreon. You can it's much easier to comment on the audios and I can respond back and um and look at me, I've been super consistent with it. Obviously, um because it's important to me, but I've been showing up there every week on my schedule. I I am feeling great in my clothes. That's another thing that came up in the last couple nights that I went out on the town. I bought a pair of Joe's jeans from Nordstrom's rack that are so cute. Great color, great wash. I do have a question for you, and this is going to be a very bizarre question, but we're girls here. We're gal pals chatting on the phone. There is an influencer family that I follow, and there's a lot of women in this family and they wear jeans and their butts always look really good in these jeans. And I notice that, you know, the seam of the butt, the butt part, the butt crack, like it goes, how do I describe, <laughs> describe this without this being weird? Okay. It goes up their crack and it literally makes Like their two butt cheeks are very prominent. And I, I look at it and I'm like, first of all, I can't decide whether it's a good look or not. It reminds me a lot. I want to say of like, was it the eighties, like this Cindy Crawford era, like the nineties, maybe early nineties, not the grunge era, but like the, the tight mom jeans, but like the butt is very defined. When I try on jeans, there is no seam accentuating the individual parts of my butt. How are they doing this? Can someone send me an Instagram message? Have you, is it the type of butt that you have? Do you have to have a certain type of butt? Is my butt not perky enough? Is it, my jeans aren't tight enough? Do I physically have to take the seam and push it into to get the effect? Can somebody break this down for me? Is there a YouTube video? I don't get it. And it's the, um, it's the Darylann. Do you follow Darylann Denner on Instagram? It's her and like, not her sister Danielle, but it's her and her sister Katie and that Kaylee, and they wear these jeans. And I'm like, how are they making their butt look like that? So if you have any input, (laughs) I, I am very curious. I put even my Joe jeans that make my butt look amazing. If I have that going on in the back, because the jeans are so tight, there's something going on in the front too, that is not very flattering. So can you have the best of both worlds? Can you have the tightness in the butt without the tightness in the front? Or, like, anyways, these are our late night chit chats. Um, I also tried magnetic lashes for the first time when I went out for St. Patrick's Day. I can't believe I've been sleeping on magnetic lashes. At first, I was like, you're telling me I'm gonna put a liner on my eyes that has something in it that is going to make a magnet stick to them that can't, I'm very particular about my eyes because I already wear contacts. I already look like I smoke, you know, Mary because my eyes are always red from allergies. Like, but I finally bit the bullet. I've had these magnetic lashes sitting around for years now And the liner went on like a dream. They stuck on my eyes super easy. It was my first time putting them on, so they were a little bit wonky. But man, I need to get more. For the nights, the very occasional nights that I go out on the town at night, I would love to do these magnetic lashes. I've had too many times where I do the glue and then I try to put the lashes on and then I have to pull them off. And then the glue messes up the whole eyeshadow look and then it's close to my eye and it's just not good. And then I also had fun doing, um, the mermaid crimper that waves your hair out. So I'm feeling great in my clothes. Um, so grateful for my, the weight that I've lost. So grateful that I'm wanting to show the curves of my body, um, and just feeling good. Another thing that I thought was so cool when I was out, especially for St. Patrick's Day, I've shared a lot that if I didn't have food, access to food when I needed it, it, I would freak out and I really feel like it dropped my blood sugar and um, would make me really anxious. And I would never feel good. Like, I would always be humming at a very anxious state, probably because of my blood sugar and um, uh, highs and lows with it. It boggled my mind that I was able to eat kind of a light dinner that was low points, be out for hours and hours and hours. I had the beer, which I know beer kind of sits in your stomach and fills you up. But I stayed at a very steady, like, energy level. I didn't feel famished or hangry or irritable or anxious um for the most part um other than like you know the whole air thing circulation um but that felt like a non-scale victory to me um to just feel like I wasn't really thinking about food and my body wasn't crying out I was just at a very happy leveled off feeling. I do also have another clothes related question. I would like to invest in some bodysuits, but I have ordered several off of Amazon and they all come with a thong and I don't want a thong. I want like full butt coverage that doesn't show through jeans, like seamless. Um, so if you have purchased any bodysuits that you highly recommend, please find me and message me and tell me your ways because I am on the hunt for that. We're almost wrapping it up here. I do want to say that um, some upcoming topics that I'm thinking of putting in my Patreon is um, I shared with you that I wanted to learn how to do the splits well that lasted for like two weeks I tried to do this app that every day they teach you a new stretch and then over the course of several weeks like you eventually learn how to do the splits um it was excruciating and I think it was pushing me too hard and I just need to be careful with my back my hips are locked they are like so locked Um, So what I did recently is I didn't realize on Pinterest, a lot of people upload their short like real videos or their TikTok videos to Pinterest now. And so I created um, a system and I'm going to explain how I am using Pinterest for um, what I'm looking for on Pinterest and how I'm using it for stretching and other certain type activities I think I'm gonna record an exclusive audio for inside the patreon about my whole new Pinterest discovery and what I'm doing on Pinterest to help my journey in the activity stretching strength realm um another episode that I might record on my private patreon is I ran in to my to an ex's ex-girlfriend on St. Patrick's Day. We did not talk. Um, I think we both acknowledged that we saw each other there, but that was it. I want to record an episode of all of the lessons that I've learned in life by focusing on other women, comparing myself to other women, jealousy of other women, and just, just the lessons that I've learned In being a woman and how to relate to the female experience on like a deeper, more—I don't know—just better (laughs) Um, level—and how I never want to go back to kind of the mindsets that I had before. So I'm really excited to record that episode because I think that it will help me um, put in a nice package, a nice little package some of these foundational values and philosophies I feel are now so part of my 40s and will continue with me for the rest of my life. Um, and so I kind of want to share that. So that's going to be hopefully coming up in the private Patreon. Um, last topic of discussion. I went to the dentist. So I went to the dentist this past week and I had an experience. So sometimes when I go to the dentist, it's usually like one time I go, so I go twice a year. One of the times that I go, I don't see the actual dentist. I just see the dental hygienist. And then the next time I go, the dental the dentist will give me like a full checkup. So that was this time and he came in and I have my wisdom teeth in all of them. Uh, I've had enough space in my mouth. My dad had all his wisdom teeth. My mom has all her wisdom teeth. It's just like, they've come in straight. They've been fine, whatever. Um, I I don't know what was going on, but so he looked at my mouth and he, you know how they number everything? Like A1, uh, B3, and they just start throwing out these numbers to the dental hygienist. And then they're like taking all these notes Um, so it's alarming. It's, it's very alarming. At one point he said, I think there's a crack on, and then he listed off some number. So somehow it came up about my divorce that I was married a year and I'm going through the divorce. And sorry, I always chuckle with that. I think it's just like a coping mechanism for something that is very sad and like hard for me. But so I mentioned, somehow it got mentioned the divorce. And his tone like completely changed. And he he did he did he was very um consol not consoling, but like tried to say the right things. But I was fine. But then he was like, he looks at like he swivels around with his little like tiny little spectacles on, like his magnifying glasses and his his um his he's a dentist that works in like the emergency rooms and the hospitals. So he came in and like full scrubs with the, um, snow white and the seven dwarves, the snow white and the seven dwarves mining for treasure, like jewels, like looking at the jewels up close, like little things attached to his glasses. So he's looking at me and he's like, Oh, well, you know, this changes things. He's like, a lot of this stuff, I was just putting on a little bit of a monitor, but now that I've heard that you're going through a divorce, things have changed. And I'm like, oh my God, the S-H-I-T is hitting the fan. What is happening here? And he goes, women that are under a lot of stress, it impacts their dental health. It impacts their their bones, their teeth bones are teeth bones. I don't, I, it was all a blur of what he was saying. I felt like I was, that the room was shrinking smaller and I was, did I did not anticipate this. And he's like, it could be that you're going to start grinding your teeth. We really need to flag your file now and we need to monitor you very closely. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like doing pretty well i mean i just went out like i'm out on the town i'm thinking about getting on the dating apps like yeah i mean it was life but you know i'm i'm in therapy like so he told me that one of my fillings that i probably got when i was a kid may be cracked so i am very proactive right okay my my poor friend just had a, I think it was like a root canal. Like she was chewing on something and her, fi- her filling fell out. And then she went in and like $10,000 later, she had the screw that they put in the opening and she has to get a whole new tooth. I mean, this is crazy. So of course I want to be preventative. So I say, okay, well let's, what about this filling? Um, can we like, I'll make an appointment. Like, let's get it taken care of. He's like, oh no, you know, we just like to monitor it. We don't want to drill into it. If we drill into it, it could cause more problems. So we just have to keep our eye on it. And I'm like, okay. And then, um, he was talking about my wisdom teeth and I'm just like, okay, I will make sure that I am triple cleaning, triple flossing, Ordered a bunch of stuff on Amazon because I was freaked out when I got home. (laughs) But yeah. Oh, and he's like, I think you might, I think with this whole divorce thing, I think it's time you get a mouth guard. I'm like, what? (laughs) Nobody told me that with divorce comes like all of these dental issues. I don't know. I almost felt like I needed to go to a female dentist and get a second opinion. Um Wow, it was really just gosh, I don't I don't even know how to put it into words. So here I am. Um, I mean a religious flosser. I have the water pick going. well, actually, I haven't started that yet. Don't tell him. I'm gonna get the water pick going in the fridge in the fridge, in the shower. Um, I'm setting my alarm on my phone for two minutes of teeth brushing. So I'm not messing around with that. I've ordered special types of floss from Amazon. This is like a bigger nighttime and morning routine than a skincare routine. I'm telling you. So yeah, that's a scoop on that. And that's where we're gonna end things. This has been a wild ride. Hope you've buckled up and you've been (laughs) stuck it out. Um, I appreciate you. I am going to get off this podcast and record that Monday motivation, get it up in the Patreon and I will keep on keeping on, on my journey. Hopefully we'll see some progress next week. I'm not giving up. Um, I'm calling this my magic dark that I've been in this magic dark of this gray area, a gray area for the past um, year and a half going on two years. And it's a magical dark space, a magical gray area space, because I've sure learned a lot about myself and I've really made a lot of habits consistent. So it hasn't been wasted time, that's for sure. And I know for a fact that they say that sometimes your body just wants to settle into a weight, make sure everything's okay, make sure it's not an emergency, and just kind of get comfortable there for a while before it's ready to like drop the next weight. So hopefully that's what's happening. Um, and then if I just keep sticking with it, I'll see the progress. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye.